exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's The Drive with Rob and Roz. Jacaranda FM. It's The Drive with Rob and Roz. There's a story that's been at the forefront of the news for the past year, probably even longer. It's been keeping us enthralled on social media, and that is the story of Tabo Bester. We in the studio today have got the two authors of the book, The Tabo Bester Story, The Facebook Rapist, The Celebrity Doctor, and The Escape from Cell 35, Marisha Damons and Daniel Stain. Welcome to The Drive with Rob and Roz. Thank you so much for having us. Listen, my first question is, how do you write a book together? Because normally (laughs) writing a book... And especially something like this, where it's like extensive research, it's 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 quite a solitary process. And mm. you want to do your own thing, and then Daniel wants to go left, but you got to go right. And so, how do you collaborate on something like this? Um, I think, firstly, one of the benefits was that um, I didn't know Daniel on a personal basis prior to this because he had started at Ground Up, I think, um, in November last year. So I was getting to know him as a person while getting to know him as a journalist. And thankfully, um, I think our different styles of journalism somehow managed to work very well together. So when approaching the book, um, Daniel is a spreadsheets type of person. So we divided up what we wanted to focus on. So we had more or less of an idea of the chapters we wanted to include and who um, would be best to research chapters this to that and and who would be best to research the remaining chapters. So that's sort of how we broke up some of the workload. I wanted to know, um, you're both journalists, you've both been covering not just the recent version of the story, but like when did this dude first come across your you know desk where did you first find some attention on this person Mm, so in october last year my editor nathan geffen um came to me when i arrived at the office and he told me that he had this story a prison story that he wanted to share with me but the details were absolutely bizarre and it was confidential so we had to meet in a separate office and when we got in there he was like close the door and I sat down and he asked me do you remember the Facebook rapist his name was Tabu Besta and I had no idea who this man was and Nathan just gave me a bit of a rundown of um, some of his previous crimes and that he was um, spending the remaining parts of his sentence at the Mangum Correctional Center. And Nathan said that uh, he had received a tipple from Justice Edwin Cameron um, indicating that the investigations into Bester's death had been taking very long and that we should probably start doing some digging into that. But even in that initial conversation, I was told that there were rumors that Bester might have um, escaped from prison, but those were just unfounded something that we had to keep in the very far back of our minds but the focus was why is this investigation taking so long so daniel for you as a journalist this story must have been just so meaty because every time you think okay cool we've got the facts we've laid out the spreadsheet as we need to nothing else can really top what we've already seen and then it does yeah, so I I joined Marisha on the story in February this year, um, and by that time we we realised that the government wasn't going to come out and admit that Tabu Best had escaped, um, despite Marisha's uh, first articles. Um, you know, the hope was that they, that would put pressure on them to to admit that Tabu Best had escaped, but they didn't. Um, so we realised it's going to be our role to um, to expose the story. 
Um, and from February, when when I joined Marisha, we, we had several leads, um, prison warder, um, a, the brother of, of Nandipa Magudamana, a former employee of the scam media company that Besto was running from behind bars. And so it was kind of that WTF moment of, <laughs> of having all these um, leads and then trying to put it together and trying to make sense of it in the first place. Because um, like Marisha said, we, we had rumors that Best had escaped and we had a strong inkling that th- this was in fact the case, that he had escaped. But trying to piece it all together, trying to to uncover as much evidence as possible before we hit publish, right? Because we don't just want to publish as as we get information. We want to make sure it's a proper story and that we don't we, we could have been completely wrong. Um, yeah, so we had to verify everything. And yeah, it was just a bizarre experience of uncovering more and more. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. It must be like literally being in a spy television show or something because this information just keeps arriving and it keeps getting seemingly more and more ridiculous. I remember when the the news sort of first broke and then suddenly social media had that photograph of him at a checkout at a shopping center and someone going, wait, but this is the guy. And then all of a sudden there were stories coming through of people who I knew him back here. I knew him as this. I knew him as that. Um, Did you start writing sort of and then more things keep coming out? Like, or are we at a point now where, you know, they were picked up in Kenya and then flown back here and then locked up and now we're sort of investigating and then you can sit down and write? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how do you even start deciding how to tell the story? Do you mean the book or just our well, journalism? The, no, the book. The, the, book. the book itself. Right. You know, because you've been, you've been following this along for so long, but now you must sit down and write the book. I'm just trying to think, like, I don't even know where I would start. Well, I think, firstly, our first point of call was to just understand what was the message that we wanted to send with this book um was it supposed to be a compilation of all of the events um did we want the readers to be left um seeing how the state had failed to nip this in the bud a lot sooner or do we want to focus on bestest crimes and the stories of the victims or do we want to look into how ground up broke um the story and we at the end of the day just sort of Put all of that together and I think with the editing team at MB Publishers they definitely helped us refine um, the direction of the story a lot more but initially it, it was pretty challenging for us trying to figure out what do we actually want to include in this book and what what lasting message do we want um, the readers to have. Yeah, and we, uh, we, but the, when we were starting writing the book, we'd done very little research into who Tabu Besta was or Nandipa Magrumana were. We were simply, you know, following leads and 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 publishing evidence as we got it. Um, so we realized quite early on that that for this book to work, we're going to have to go um, deeply into into their backstories mm. um, in order for it to make sense and and to start uh, grappling with why they became um, involved in the first place. Um, yeah, so that was a big part of the process is speaking to family members, friends, um, people who knew them as as children, and um, trying to piece that that together to um, to to paint the story of how um, both Magudamana and Besta started up in one place and ended up um, in prison. Yeah, so. yeah. So actually, one of our Jacaranda FM team 
had a run-in with Thabo Bester. I think it was in his Tom Kelly days, or no, because Tom Kelly was when he was already in jail. So, see, you guys are keeping me, making sure I'm like <laughs> following everything, and um, was actually scammed by him quite quite badly as well. So it just seems like there are so many stories still to tell. So now you've written the book, and now they're in jail, but there's still so much of the legal process. That is still to take place. So there is still so much of the story to tell. Yes, and I think we did take that into consideration when when writing this book. And some of the early questions we had for the publishers was, um, until when can we continue adding updated information? Because there was information in our book and then these court proceedings took place and then we had to go change it to update it with the times. Um, But I think... Taking into consideration that we don't know how long this court case is going to mm-hmm. carry on for, um, there, there were questions about why we decided to go through with the book now instead of waiting until after the court case. But the way things have been going, there have been postponements after postponements, and now there's a pretrial happening next year. So it, I, I don't think it would have been wise to wait um, until whenever to actually come through with this book. But but we were conscious of the court case constantly changing um, the facts. But but thankfully, um, the book is pretty updated. Yeah. Keeping us on our toes. And the wheels of justice turn very slowly, yeah. especially in South Africa. I wanted to know, um, I think one of the things that's been most fascinating for people in this entire saga is how a seemingly successful doctor gets dragged into this world of this man and the manipulation and seemingly just, you know, ends up cut from the same cloth. And I think a lot of people have been asking themselves, you know, is it something, how do I phrase it? Could she have ended up in this kind of criminality without him? Is he responsible and she's the victim? Is she... You know, should should she be held to the same standards that he is? As far as I'm concerned, she absolutely should. But I think that's the question that people have. Have you guys been able to give yourself a satisfactory explanation that mm-hmm. you can understand for why she went along with all of this and how she ended up there? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we grapple with that in the book a bit. And we spoke to a, a psychologist to explain to us how um, how someone like Tabu Bester, with the kind of narcissism that he exhibits and the manipulative tendency that we see in um, in his early crimes and later cr- scams, how someone like that can have such an influence on someone like like Nandipa Magudamana. And um, what becomes clear is obviously she she must have had some kind of vulnerability to him. So um, you know, often that's low self esteem or um, some kind of trauma that uh, that that leads one to to be vulnerable to someone like Tabu Besta. Um and normally a hook. So um, if you think of a cult leader, for example, yeah. they have a lot of charisma and then a, a hook or a promise. And I think in this case, the hook or the promise was money and greed. And um, and that was, you see that with many of his scam victims, is he promised, um, and not all, but many of his scam victims, he, he promises business opportunities, um, opulence and wealth. Um, he promises to be someone else than he really is. And that's how he hooks you in. So my, my theory, and we will never know for sure exactly how they they became involved but my theory is that Bester uh, 
approached my Gudamana just like he did many other women from inside prison, pretending to be someone else, pitching business ideas, getting her invested financially and emotionally in a relationship mm. with him. And then even when she found out who he really was, she was already too in too deep. And you see that, I mean, um, you see the Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. It's an age-old um, dynamic that, that people cannot understand because it doesn't seem rational to us. Um, and you see it with, you know, Charles Manson um, getting uh, women to do outrageous things. Um, yeah, but it's it's still baffling, but that's the, the closest um, explanation that I've been able to, to come to. So in September this year, both of you were the recipients of the Sanef, Sanef Nat Nakasa Award for Investigative Journalism. Did that win kind of solidify all of the hours and the graft and the like having to follow up on things and checking facts and all of that? Did it kind of make all of that worth it? Well, when we started looking into this, we we never had the intention of it blowing up in the way that it did and us being awarded in any sort of way. Um, So although we are very grateful and humbled by the fact that we are being recognized for our work, that isn't exactly the reason why we do what we do. Um, And seeing that this was an award for media integrity, um, it it, it was sort of like an added um, thank you for your service in a way for for the work that we had done. Um, I think also seeing that before the stories got published, it went through a very um, rigorous fact-checking process um, and us making sure that we still maintain the integrity of the story without um, leaning too much towards the salacious nature of it. So we were very grateful for that um, Nat Nakasa Award. You know, the reason that I asked that is exactly what you basically just answered is that you've got the story ground up is not a massive media house it's not you know like the SABC or whatever and you're literally working from the ground up and now you've got the story that is almost so unbelievable that people go no man it's not he's he's, he is dead he did die in his cell and you actually can go no he didn't and here is the this is the evidence here's the fact Exactly that. And it it actually took us a while before we ourselves were convinced with certainty that Besta actually did escape from prison. Um, I I think if we look at the initial stages of the investigation, it was just why is this investigation dragging on for so long? But the circumstances surrounding that fire just seemed so suspicious um, that we started leaning more towards the possibility that he might have actually escaped. And then came that Woolies picture and we were convinced um, that Bester had definitely escaped. So initially we were also not um, of the belief that, that Bester had actually somehow managed to fake his death and escape from a maximum security prison. Mm. Can I ask a, a very human question? Um, sitting with a story about someone like this man, he's a bad person. He has done bad things. He has hurt Many, many, many people. Is it something while not only you're writing the story and investigating it all the time, but then writing a book about that? Um, are you able to keep it at arm's length all the time? Does it sit with you? Are you, you know, late at night wishing you could pull this oak out of your brain for a bit? Yeah, there were definitely moments like that. And every now and again, there are. And I think we both. Um, possibly at a point where we were desperate to move on. Um, yeah, and I mean, although we, we never received any threats to our safety directly, you know, you 
you never know what this guy can do and what he will do. Um, and yeah, so from the early days of the investigation, it was it was high adrenaline, high stress, um, which drove us to like it was really it was a great time. But um, you know that stress and adrenaline gets a bit much, and then you need to take a break. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to a break. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I know for me, I, I reached a stage where I sort of just tapped out of the story completely. Um, and whenever I'd be driving in the car and I'd be listening to the radio and I heard, you know, topping today's news headlines, Tabu Besta, I was like, absolutely not. Change the station. <laughs> and and even on my social media feeds, I, I started muting the mm. words Besta and Magadumana mm. um, for, for a certain time period. But I realized that I I do still have that journalistic responsibility to keep up with um, with the with the latest news, but what what I started doing was I had to just draw a line between Marisha the journalist and Marisha the person. So whenever I'm in office, that's when I would put on my journalistic hat and do what I needed to do. But as soon as it was time for me to leave, I left the story at the office, and it was it was quite hard initially. Um, I think looking at some of the long hours that we were working, it was quite difficult to separate. Um, myself as the journalist from my own regular life given the crazy bizarre nature of the story but I just reached a point where, where I felt I need to draw a line somewhere and and actually stick to those boundaries that I set for myself now I can totally imagine I mean having to having to sit with darkness and evil and work on it and stare at it every single day it, it takes a toll man it's stressful it's not an easy thing to do I mean, yeah. g- generally, it's what we do at Ground. Yeah. You know? um, like a lot of our stories are not good news stories. Mm. We maybe have one or two a week that of good news stories that we publish um, because we we focus on vulnerable communities and we look at what human rights really look like in South Africa. Let me actually ask that question yeah. for people who don't know: What is Ground Up's mission? What does Ground Up do? Okay, so so Ground Up is a small organization. Um, we are a non-profit organization based in Cape Town. The uh, offices are based in Cape Town, but we try to have a, a national footprint as far as possible. We have about five or six full-time reporters and a network of, of freelancers throughout the country. And basically, we were founded um, about 10 years ago with the mission to... Uh, report on human rights issues in South Africa. So looking at the human rights that are in the Constitution and then what that looks like on the ground and where are people struggling to access those rights. And that that has been our core mandate and what um, guides us. And even with the Stabo Besta story, that was what we were focusing on was um, especially state failure where the system fails and what that then means, you, you know, because without a functioning justice system, human rights cannot cannot exist. I'm so glad that Ground Up exists. I think many, many people are. Congratulations. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Daniel Stain and Marisha Damons, the authors of the Tabo Besta story, The Facebook Rapist, The Celebrity Doctor and The Escape from South cell 35 that is on bookshelves at the moment so if you want to actually have a holiday read or something to just kind of round up the story for you that's where you can get them guys thank you so much for your time this afternoon we appreciate it and good luck going forward thank you so much much. exclusive to jacaranda fm it's the drive with rob and ross jacaranda fm